When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Bullen with Detroit's native son, Scott Benjamin, here on High Speed Stuff. Scott, we usually deal with the the nitty-gritty, you know? Yeah, that's right. The nuts and bolts of the automotive world. Yeah. yeah and, you got something uh, else in mind? Is that what's going on? I, you know what? I actually had somebody ask me a very good question, and I did not know the answer. And so, of course, my friend, I come to you. Are you ready? Uh, Perhaps. Okay. Do Uh, you want... Hit me. All right. Well, let me give you a little background first, okay? Okay. Just just briefly. Mm -hmm. um, A four-year-old asked me this question. Okay. I don't know the answer. (laughs) <laughs> really? No, no, no. <laughs> no, go ahead. Let, let's four try. year old, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and yeah. I didn't know. Okay. I, I tried to act tried to act smarter than I actually mm-hmm. am. This four year old says to me, Why do cars have two headlights? Oh, okay. And I said, Well, that's easy. And that's where I got stumped. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, that's not so easy, is it? No, um, no. Pro- well, I I guess we can just kind of take a look at that and see what we come up with, really. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a real definitive answer to why there are two um there's some good theories i i guess one would be i guess what if one headlight burns out what if you only had one? Oh, that's um, good i should so, have said that but yeah that's that would have impressed him really yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know yeah but. well maybe maybe not maybe he's a, a lot better than kid. the uh yeah <laughs> yeah that's right um so yeah i guess if you had one that okay. would be the problem um you know you'd have to have i guess you'd have to have one massive headlight if you did it that way too right uh, kind of a cyclops looking thing but, yeah but then again you know what if you had more what if you had more than one what if it um you know i've seen cars with several headlights but they look like off-road headlights I see. Um, you know, big round headlights that are yeah. on the bumper, you know, kind of decorative almost. Mm. Um, for the most part, they just have two front headlights. So one, one, uh, one thing is that it kind of marks the edges of the car uh, so that, you know, if you're traveling towards that vehicle at night, you know, you know that that's a car approaching that has two, ve- two headlights and you know right where the edges of that vehicle are. You can kind of judge your passing that way. Because oh, um, they're on the corners. I don't know. You've, you've probably seen a car at night with one headlight. And yeah. From a distance, you're not sure if that's a motorcycle or not. 
not until you get very, very, very close to that vehicle. Um, hopefully they're in their lane and not, <laughs> you know, I guess if they had one headlight out and they were partially in your lane, you wouldn't even know it until maybe it's too late unless you're... Good point. Well, yeah, anyways, that's a good point. A couple of theories anyway, so... Yeah. No, um, it, there are cars, though, that have, as we said, more than one, or more than two headlights, yeah. more than one pair of headlights. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember that car? I think we talked about it once before. I don't remember the name, but it had three headlights? Yes. Yeah, that's the Tucker. The Tucker. Tucker, yeah, that was in the 50s, I believe. Uh, very few of those made, you know, really yeah. kind of museum pieces now. Very few exist, I should say. Um, less than 100? Oh, yeah, way less than 100. I don't know an exact number, but yeah. uh, they're very valuable. And, uh, you know, that center headlight turned with the vehicle, turned with the car. Oh, that's uh, you cool. turn the steering wheel, it would kind of uh, guide you through the turn, I guess. And uh, there, there's some cars right now that, that have that technology. They, they, you know, the front, normal front headlights, mm-hmm turn with the steering wheel so it kind of guides you through that turn as well um that's you, you'll see that in new vehicles beginning this year even maybe um, i should you know what maybe maybe i should look into seeing if there's some kind of kit i can get to, uh, <laughs> to make my headlights do that retrofit that to your car yeah that may be a little more expensive than just buying the car probably uh, you know what Poss- possibly but yeah. i am gonna i'm gonna write it down yeah and i'm gonna keep it on my You're mind go back to the uh, four-year-old and give them the answer now uh, Claim full credit? Not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> not, we're we're not good. quite through yet because this this four year old Scott this uh, this four year old whose name is Ian yeah. uh, blew my mind a little bit. The more I thought about this, because there there it seems like there's a a great number of of basic things related to automobiles that we don't really question. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian's answer, by the way, on the two headlights mm-hmm. was that it makes it look more like a face. Ah, okay, yeah. Very logical for a four-year-old to say that, I guess. I get, you know, are you calling me four? Because it made sense to me. <laughs> no, I've seen cars that look like they have a face, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's actually pretty decent for a four-year-old to come up with that. Smart kid. Yeah. It's a smart kid. Sounds like it. What, what, uh, but what other, what are some other basics? Like, I know if you think of some, there, there's some things about cars that are very, are, are commonalities that mm-hmm. we never really question. I, I, something you never think of, um, four tires on a car. Perfect. Four tires. Yeah. Okay. Four so, tires. Um, most cars have four tires. Not all cars have four tires, but most cars have four tires. Uh, some have more. Some have less. Okay. What? <laughs> how could they have uh, less without being a motorcycle? Uh, because they have three. Okay. They don't have two. Two is a motorcycle. Three is a car. However, that's not entirely true now that I think about it. Because <laughs> uh, you know, going back early 1900s, uh, some vehicles actually were developed with three wheels in order to get around taxing that was placed on on cars and a three-wheel vehicle is still considered a motorcycle uh, uh, because i think it had something to do with sidecar you know having a sidecar and yeah. it had three wheels okay. um so you know but this is an actual car a two-seater you know exposed engine morgan is the one that comes to mind the the car company morgan okay now uh, they had a three-wheel car that's awesome looking by the way if you haven't seen one you should take a look at it morgan three-wheeler but there's a few other versions of you know a three-wheeled car that um people have come up with and not terribly successful, but still a good idea. I mean, it it gets around, you know, early times it got around taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, later it just became, you know, something that small vehicles did, you know, had. Um, BMW Isetta, I think that was one of three. I have to make sure on that. But some car, they, they, they handle this in different ways. Mm-hmm. You can either have one wheel in the front and okay. two wheels in the back, or you can have two wheels in the front and one wheel in the back. Really? That yeah. doesn't seem stable. Uh, but... Actually, it's more stable with two wheels in the front and one wheel in the back. 
Um, sounds odd, I know, but yeah. another thing that that allows to happen, uh, it's also it's more aerodynamic uh, to have okay. two wheels in the front, okay. one in the back. It's kind yeah. of a teardrop-shaped vehicle then, mm-hmm. um, and that's very, I guess, aerodynamic-friendly. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, stability is one reason. Um, the other reason is, like we said, aerodynamics and more wheat. Well, let's see. Let's see. Where, where do you want to go with that? We can. I, I want to see. I, I still want to see why these these cars have four. If if three is oh. a is a reliable design, you know. Well, one other thing I forgot to say about three. I was, okay. At one point, I, I knew I was searching for something, but uh, three wheels, three wheel vehicles. If you have one wheel in the back, that lends itself to being able to use a motorcycle drivetrain. Um, so you know, motorcycles can be developed into these two-seater oh, vehicles you know they okay. have to be very yeah. heavily customized but I the imagine. back end the back end is pretty much motorcycle the engine would be motorcycle those are very efficient vehicles they're very um you know high horsepower and yeah. lightweight and um you know you, you you've got pretty much a small vehicle that's very aerodynamically shaped um so it's 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 a wise choice that's crazy is that yeah. even street legal yeah 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 i've seen several of them around um there's a vehicle called the t-rex that uses that <laughs> but it, it uses a you know crazy fast Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki Hayabusa engine, and uh, you know, so it's very performance oriented as well. Is that a is that a crotch rocket engine? It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the extreme end of it. It's yeah. a really high performance vehicle, uh, motorcycle and vehicle. So why um, aren't these used more? Well, um, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of a uh, it's it's kind of a hobby type car for some people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they like to build these things on their own. Yeah. Or you can buy one already made, but uh, manufacturers don't really produce vehicles like this they, they may bring one out as a concept car or mm. um you know here's here's something that we're developing you know it's got a new technology that we're actually going to use on another vehicle but mm. um a three-wheel car has never really caught on do you do you think there's there's something about four-wheeled vehicles that, that is more familiar or reliable oh. to consumers i don't maybe that's what it is um i i honestly can't answer that i just don't know i mean i guess Stability feel pretty stable in a four wheeled vehicle versus a three wheeled vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, size, you know, people are looking for size. You can't really build a big SUV on three wheels. three wheels. No, it'd yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with you know what you're expecting out of that vehicle. Okay, right? yeah, and, and you can have more wheels as well. There are concept cars that have uh, six wheels. There's concept cars that have eight wheels. Are you talking um, about where the wheel where the doubled up in the back? kind of arrangement where there's two wheels on each side in the back of the vehicle you're talking about the big pickup trucks the really big pickup trucks no you're talking talking six six visible from you know three visible on each side weird yeah strange i've seen pickup trucks like that that are you know concept vehicles okay okay um i forget the name of them but um six wheel vehicle there's also you know sports cars that are six wheel vehicles Mm -hmm. there was a formula one racer that had six wheels that actually raced in the Formula One series for a while. Had two very small 10-inch wheels up front mm-hmm. and two normal-sized Formula One ve- uh, vehicle wheels in the back. And a uh, really odd-looking car. Yeah. Um, a strange, strange vehicle, but uh, I guess the purpose was, I, and I think this is the main purpose, uh, at least this is what I heard, the airflow over the front is, is smoother with the, the lower three wheels because the whole front of the car, really the highest part that you get to, the first high part of the vehicle you get to is where the driver sits uh-huh. everything else is very low um strange car you should take a look at it if you get a I, chance i'm totally going to yeah what one other one i was thinking um i don't know if you if you thought about this let's see i don't want to steal yours if this is one you thought of no go ahead why is the driver's seat never in the middle oh seating position All yeah right, so why um well you know that it's not 
always on the left. That's uh, that's right. just us, yeah. really. Yeah, uh, it's on the right and other side. Yeah, that's right. Uh, middle position, that's a good question, I guess. But hmm. uh, there's, there's a few examples of at least one that I know of right now, the McLaren uh, F1. Very, very high-end sports car has a center seating position, um, mm. and the passengers sit kind of, uh, I think it's to each side and kind of back behind the uh, the driver. Sort of a V formation? Yeah, yeah, kind okay. of like that. Um, again, this is a really high-end performance car, million-dollar car. So I'm um, I'm probably not going to buy this one. Oh, I don't tomorrow. know. Maybe, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe you will. I don't oh, know. thanks, yeah. man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, well... So that, that's probably the only example I can think of right now of a center, a central driving position. Um, yeah, I, I wonder why it's it's that way because it it seems almost counterintuitive mm-hmm. that the person who would be steering the vehicle would be directly on one side well, of it. I think it has a, I think it has a lot to do with racing. Um, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, McLaren is big into racing. And uh, for them to, to develop a vehicle, you know, to shift everything over to one side or the other, mm-hmm. um, either left or right, yeah, that might present a significant cost to them. I, I, this, again, this is just me guessing, but um, I think it has a lot to do with racing. Hmm. Yep. All right. So kind of, you know, the street vehicle mirrors a lot of what they do on the track. And I've got one other thought, Ben, if you got just a minute to yeah, please, lay it on me. humor me, I guess. Okay. Um, I was looking into this just a little bit and figured out um, – uh, kind of these are hearsay stories, you know. I don't know if they're true or not, but uh, it sounds good and at least believable. Um, why we sit on the side of the vehicle we do, and why we drive on the side of the road that we do. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'd so, love to. okay, yeah. the history, uh, the uh, the best guess at why this is is going on right. is that this goes all the way back to 1300 AD in Britain, and at now, the time, yep. Go ahead. You're the expert, but. That's before cars, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. You'll see where I'm going with this. It's, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll carry right through. Okay? I'm with you, I, man. I promise you. Uh, so 1300 AD in Britain, you know, horse-drawn carriages and, uh, you know, just horsemen okay. drive, you know, passing each other on these paths. The idea was that you would stay to the left uh, because you had a sword on your side, and most of the citizens were right-handed. You know, predominant percentage of people were right-handed. So, you know, carrying the sword, you would keep it on your left hip. Uh, if you're riding a horse, you know, that kind of sticks out to the side. You don't want that to strike other riders as you pass them on these pathways. And also, that keeps them on the right-hand side of you when they pass. Um, mm. If you're to the right of the road, they're going to pass you on your right-hand. I'm sorry, you're to the left of the on, side on the road. They're going to pass you on the right-hand side. That leaves you in a good position if you have to, <laughs> unbelievably enough, have a sword battle or something with this person yeah. uh, as you pass them, you know, for uh, defensive purposes, I guess. Um, if they're going to steal your pouch of gold or whatever you happen to have, you know, I don't know what you know what the real reason behind that would be. I guess, but if you had to yeah. uh, defend yourself for whatever reason, um, so that that just kind of hung in there, you know, throughout the the centuries, I guess, really, uh-huh. uh, this kind of stay to the left idea. And then when motor vehicles came into play in in Britain, and let's say that's you know late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, this edict of you know stay to the left. That just was passed on. It was just kind of written in as a uh, as a law. I guess a law. I guess you'd say that. Or a practice. Um, even. Yeah, just a practice. You know, that for safety's sake, stay to the left. And uh, that's just what they've done. And that's really the best reason I've heard so far. Uh, mm-hmm. You know why why they stay to the left and we stay to the right. That seems pretty logical. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, yeah. I, I I buy that. I, I except for I the except for the point. U.S. part of us being on the right. Yeah, there's a reason for that too. Oh, um, yeah, a similar reason, but it doesn't have much to do with uh, you know defending yourself in battle. Oh, it, you're good. This is more on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking ahead. I knew what you were going to go <laughs> at. So um, we we of course stay to the right. 
The reason behind that is that you were carrying, um, let's say, again, say roughly the same time. Maybe it's the 1700s. Maybe it's the 1600s. We're carrying, let's say, 1700s. Sure. We're, we've got uh, farm wagons, you know, big teams of horses carrying um, heavy materials in these wagons behind us. It was common practice for uh, the person driving that team of, of horses to ride on the left rear horse in that team. Uh, so that they could, you know, maintain the reins of all the horses and also, mm. you know, um, just guide them along the road that they need to go. They didn't. They weren't sitting up high in the carriage or anything like you, you know, see. Like on, you see in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They were on the, the the left rear horse. So if you think about this, if you stay to the right, if you're on the left rear horse, uh, you would be able to easily see where the where the wheels of the uh, the left rear wheels of your your wagon were, and also oh. where your horse team is. You know, keep an eye on things um, when you pass another another vehicle let's say that you're on a, a narrow road and you want to you know you just have to, enough room to barely squeak by you want to be on the left side in order to to see where those wheels are if you were up in the middle you might not have quite as, as comfortable a feeling of where your where your wheels are now i mean obviously the the right hand side is is you know you have to kind of gauge where that is but yeah that's not as critical when you're passing another vehicle I see. Um, so yeah it was it, it all makes sense and that, and again that carries right through to our you know, thought processes that we stay to the right on the road. Hmm. Um, and there's a there's another kind of interesting thing that kind of developed from this that Henry Ford, when he came out with the Model T, mm-hmm. um, he had a couple of uh, statements, and I, I, this among others, there were there were several things, but one was that you could get you know get a Model T in any color you wanted as long as it was black. I love that one. Yep, that's one that uh, a lot of people have heard. The other was that the Model T would always have the steering wheel on the left hand side. Why? Well, <laughs> well, some of that is for competition, actually. Um, he actually was, uh, you know, uniformity is one thing. Okay. You know, so that he could make the same vehicle in that production line. You know how, how critical yeah. um, uniformity was to his brand of, uh, new brand of mass assembly. The other is that for competition purposes, and as it turns out, most auto races are run in a, I guess it would be a counterclockwise fashion, yeah. right? Left-hand turns. Yeah. Okay, so you would want to be on the inside of that vehicle, the inside edge of that vehicle, the infield side of the vehicle when you're making that turn. You don't want to be on the outside. Outside. That's just for stability's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're making mostly left-hand turns, you want to be on the left-hand side of that car. And um, because that was the mass market vehicle yeah. of the masses... Everybody ended up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it uh, it kind of it might have just developed or or ended up that way. But I think for you know he was probably just being a little bit stubborn that you know I'm only going to put it on the left hand side and that's it. Famously stubborn guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we so okay that you know what I I feel a little bit less blown out of the water mm-hmm. by this by this four year old. Mm-hmm. It sounds like <laughs> we've come up with a a, a reasonable uh, stab at why there are two headlights, why why there are four tires. Why the driver's seat is where it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there? I can think there, of one more. Oh yeah, just a real simple one that probably you know everybody uses every day. I'm sure if you're if you have okay. a vehicle or drive. Cool. Yeah. Uh, why is the steering wheel round? Oh. Did he ask you that? No, he didn't. Not so smart, is he? No, I'm just kidding. No, he is. <laughs> We're just smart. kidding. Ian. No, that's right. Yeah, just kidding. Um, I, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty good. That's. But that's, see, you can you can yeah. hit him with that one then. That's a little and, bit philosophical. Uh, yeah. That's like a well, one hand clapping. Well, I guess. I mean, the steering wheel, it makes sense. Wheel, right? Sure. Wheel yeah. is round. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. Um, if you look at pictures of the first cars that you know were ever developed, mm. a lot of them had kind of a, a rod and a handle control. Mm. Um, very, very simple you know, piece of metal that would come from the front suspension right up to the driver's seat, um, hand, an upright handle, a vertical handle that the person would grab and kind of swing, you know, 
in, I don't know, maybe a couple of feet, I guess. I don't know if the, <laughs> if the adjustments were that much yeah. or, or not. Probably minor, a yeah. lot less than that. But More like a joystick. Yeah, right? it was kind of a left-to-right movement in a kind mm-hmm. of an arcing fashion. You know, that obviously didn't hang on for very long. Yeah. And, in fact, in 1896, there was a photo of um, one of the Rolls founders. Um, I'd have to get the name here. Hang on just a second. I got it in my notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, uh, Charles Stewart Rolls. And um, there's a photo of him in a... 1896, or I'm sorry, an 1898 Rolls Royce that shows him with what is believed to be the first vehicle that had a steering wheel. The first steering wheel. First steering wheel, and that's qualified within Britain, the first car in Britain, but it's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. And um, it's kind of a simple thought, but it's a very uh, ingenious way of turning your your car. You don't have to have that uh, mm-hmm. that that motion that you had with the other, you know, the handle. It's a lot um, safer too. That's right. Yeah, it's safer. It seems very. Um, I don't know. It just seems ergonomic i guess and you know it makes sense you turn the wheel to the to the left you go left you turn the wheel to the right you go right makes sense yeah. um that just makes makes sense and there's a lot of variations on the steering wheel too they're not all yeah. round what what no they're not all round look yeah. at some racing cars they're they're d-shaped they have you know a flat bottom to mm. them um you know that's room for supposedly that's room for the driver so that you know i can sit flat against their legs everything is lower in the okay. car um, a lot of those are, you know, quick release type steering wheels. They're not really, you know, you're not going to see an airbag in those those steering wheels. Um, <laughs> right. But you know, maybe you do. There's a version of that uh, that Audi has that's flat on the bottom. That's just carryover from racing. And, and you can also kind of a, you can also get custom. Oh yeah, you can get you can stuff, get right? really custom. I've seen square steering wheels. Um, you know, they're comfortable to hold. Apparently, uh-huh. um, I've seen joystick controls, but that's not really street legal or anything. That's concept vehicle thing. Yeah, um, some that look a lot like game controllers. Um, <laughs> if you look back wow. at you know Kit from Knight Rider, yeah. remember that? Yeah, they had kind of a crazy control. If I remember, it had two mm-hmm. handles with kind of a what, like a bat looking structure in between or something. I mean, come not on, Batman, Scott, it was it was a talking yeah, car. It was crazy. And then <laughs> if you look at uh, <laughs> that's right. Talking car, cut us some slack. That was doing the steering. I think. Dra- dragster, uh, uh, drag drag racing. Yeah, not a great need to steer in drag racing. However, you do have to keep the car straight, so you have to make minor adjustments. Um, and I'm sure a drag racer would tell me that there's a lot more to it than that. But um, for the and most they, part, they'd probably be right. For the most part, straight line. Straight line. Straight yeah. line. So what they have is they have what looks like two pistol grips almost, like. with. Yeah, with notches for your fingers and everything. They're very, I guess it would be very comfortable to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no top and no bottom to the steering wheel. It's just two grips uh, with, you know, metal rods that extend down to the center uh, center mm-hmm. post. It's really a strange-looking steering wheel. It's probably super sensitive, too. Yeah, you should take a look at uh, drag racing steering wheels, I guess, if you get a chance. Yeah. They're, they're interesting. Man. Very cool. Yeah, so, you know, you can't just ask why are they, you know, why is the steering wheel around, I guess. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, most are. And, yeah. Yeah. Scott, I know that I appreciate you answering these questions and giving me some things to think about. And uh, Ian, I hope you appreciate it as well. Uh, For the rest of our listeners, if you're curious about uh, car headlights, tires, or anything automotive related, uh, take some time to check out the Auto Channel on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.